Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM Consulting. I'm your host, Kelly Lorenzen, and we are coming to you live from the Phoenix Business Radio X studio inside Max 6. And I can't wait to introduce you to my three guests for today. So I'll jump right in and we're going to get rocking and rolling. First up, Kendra Maples, VP of Volunteers with Conscious Capitalism Arizona. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And of course, we have other roles, but (laughs) uh, we invited you today because I love Conscious Capitalism and uh, all the tenants and, and want to hear more about that. So we'll deep dive into that in a little bit. Perfect. My next guest, Bob Bloom with Alcyon Consulting. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to highlight you as a as a client and a, an amazing uh, business consultant here in the Valley. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Sarah Kelly Bell Insurance. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. We'll learn more since you and I are new friends in a, in a little bit. But uh, I'd love to have you each, you know, for our listeners and guests alike, I'd love to have you walk away with a golden nugget or a resource for your business. So I brought you all here today to meet each other and and uh, introduce you to my network and our listener base so that people uh, have more resources, right? More people that are uh, on the same page and, and can help them grow their business good business, uh, and work together, work collaboratively, hence the name of the show. (laughs) So for listeners to get to know you a little bit better, Kendra, I'll start with you. Uh, Tell us your background uh, specifically and uh, how you got involved with conscious capitalism and what you do for your day job. Yeah. Um, So I'm super excited to be on today. So my background is kind of interesting. My background, I could say, has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. But it definitely translated. So I, back in the day, actually went to school and started my career in animal behavior and husbandry, so in animal training and that kind of side of things and training and and the science behind it and and that. And then I slowly just kind of transitioned into people. And it sounds bizarre when you say that to people, but can I be honest? It's the same thing. <laughs> I brought our producer cookies today because it's positive reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's positive reinforcement, it's communication, it's consistency. It's all the same stuff that when you're talking with your teams and your clients and right, you're in you're in conversations at networking events. It's all the same stuff. So I essentially just took that and then it transferred into operations and kind of that business development sales side of things. And so now, fast forward. The role that I currently have, I work on the development side for a company called Yellowbird. So it's actually a startup. We're in almost to almost to the second year and um, to the end of the second year. It's a company that we're on demand to match professionals that are in environmental health, safety, and risk. So when companies have that need to fill, we can match them with a professional across the country in any of the certification specialty areas that they need um, and make that match and support them. So I'm on that business development, sales development side. And then the other hat that I wear is conscious capitalism. And it's funny because my my kiddo now, she's always like, 
are you doing conscious capitalism stuff or yellow bird stuff? (laughs) So it's pretty cute because they actually really do tie together because yellow bird, I took the job with yellow bird because of their company culture and because they have such a good company culture. And that's one of the main tenets of conscious capitalism. So I've been on a leadership team with conscious capitalism about two years now. And Bob was on there with me. Now he moved on to big things, but uh, it's been it's been pretty awesome. So we're definitely here to be part of the community, to connect community members and to help. And you said it in the beginning, Kelly, it's business is a force for good. So let's bring everyone together, collaborate, connect and focus on some of these tenants that really can push business and good business and solve some of the global world problems that are that we're facing. We can solve with good business. So good. So good. (laughs) We'll get more into that later. (laughs) Bob, I'll have you go next. Tell us a little bit about where you came from and what you're working on now. Sure. First of all, Kendra, you're a tough act to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My background, I guess the easiest way to say it is I just am a small business guy. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I was born into a family business. It was wholesale candy and tobacco. And as a kid, I got a chance to do everything. And uh, my biggest thrill was to get an attaboy from my grandfather. And so that's what kind of fueled me probably throughout my career towards small business, except for a, a short period of time, I did work for a utility in, in Chicago, but it all kind of connected. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I was in a family business and later on decided to go to the exciting world of accounting. And actually, uh, it's it's more exciting and more interesting than a lot of people think. And, and a great teacher that I had in high school got me excited about it. But that's what I pursued. I uh, finished up with my degree and eventually went into the family business. I went into the family business as technically the accountant, but very, very soon thereafter found myself basically taking on most every role from a management standpoint. Uh, human resources, insurance, just about everything but sales. They didn't want to put me for some reason out in sales. (laughs) So I I stuck to the internal business operations. And later on, I uh, we sold that business, moved on to Chicago. I did I ended up going to work for a utility. And and the reason I did that is I switched uh, focuses temporarily or really it's interconnected to an area called organization development. I got a degree in human resources and got attracted to the development of organizations, the people side of the business. And I ended up doing organization development and consulting work for the uh, utility for about seven years and left with my wife to move to Arizona. She told me when we got married, we're moving to Arizona. So of course that's what we did. And uh, being a good, good husband. And when I came back to Arizona, there really wasn't the type of job that I had in Chicago. Not that I was necessarily looking for that, but for some reason, I knew I wanted to get out of the large company environment. So I went back to my accounting roots. I called myself a controller, soon got a job as a controller for a small real estate company. And again, I was doing the accounting work. I was doing some of the human resources. Oh, my God, here we go again. <laughs> so this was my job for several years. Uh, that, that job 
kind of ended. The owner passed away and I found myself in another role as controller for a small software company. Again, I had an opportunity to take on a number of different roles. And then soon thereafter, leaving that company, I came to Max 6, where I was the CFO for about four years. Again, a small company. Are you seeing a pattern here? <laughs> so uh, again, I, I, I was a CFO. I, I love that part, but I did get an opportunity to get my hands into to all the different roles while I was at Max 6. Time came for, for me to really think about the future, not necessarily retiring, but what I want to do with the rest of my working years and had a great relationship with the owner of Max 6. And we talked about it and decided I, I was going to move on to consulting and start my own business where my major client is Max 6. The name of the company is Alcyon Consulting, and I'm, you know, we'll talk more about that, but it's a small business consulting focused on, guess what, small businesses <laughs> and doing business and financial operations management as well as business consulting. So exciting. You wonder why we get along so well. You said small business how many times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's you're up, Sarah. Give us give us where you came from and where you're at now. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me, Bob. I really appreciate the invitation. So my name is Sarah Kelly. I'm with Bell Insurance. And I got my start in the insurance world, believe it or not, in Chicago. My degree was in secondary education, human development, and social resources. I was all about the people, right? Psychology, sociology, people fascinate me. So I was looking for a job in HR. This is pre-internet, right? So it was mailing out the resumes, following up with phone calls, taking forever. So a friend of mine suggested I go to a temporary staffing agency. I was like, all right, I'll give it a try, something to do. My second assignment with them was with Zurich Insurance Company. I was like, I know nothing about this world of insurance, but we'll give it a shot. It was eye-opening to me. It was nothing. Insurance was nothing that ever crossed my mind outside of like health insurance growing up, right? But then you think about it, all of these companies, they have to have it to function. So it was it was really fascinating. And for somebody who was, you know, younger at that time with a little bit of career ADD, right, I got to learn about all these different industries and understand, you know, how they function and the things that are really important to them. But I could help them all through this avenue of insurance. So it was fascinating. But then probably much like your wife, Bob, there, you know, it was in Chicago, it's sleeting rain. You know, my sister's living out here. I came to visit and it was a very compelling argument that she made. Bad weather versus not so bad weather and much more favorable housing market at the time that I got, I convinced the company I was working for to transfer me out here. So I had made the shift from Zurich Insurance Company on the carrier side to the brokerage side at that point and shifting from representing the insurance carrier to the clients to representing the clients to the insurance marketplace, which was really the side of the equation that spoke to me the most. I really liked being the advocate for, for the companies that I worked with and going out and solving problems for them and bringing them solutions. It was just very, very rewarding to me. So it was with Marsh at the time. I transferred out here with them. It was just a very different world out here as well. Um, 
but they are they're one of, they are the largest brokerage in the in the world right now actually so i learned a ton there and as anybody in insurance will tell you like most people fall into this industry right it's not necessarily intentional but it it just captured my heart a little bit with all of, you know, learning about the different industries and everything I'd mentioned before. I tried to get out for a hot second because I was on the service side. And unlike you, Bob, I was like, sales is where I belong, right? (laughs) Like this I dotting and T crossing, I can do it if I have to. But what really gets me excited is that interacting with the clients face to face. So I got out of insurance for a hot second, got some sales experience, and then came promptly came right back in. Um, And it's been an interesting evolution, like within the insurance industry, especially in the last four or five years, there's been a lot of movement acquisitions and things like that. So I'm now with Bell Insurance and their culture, you know, you mentioned culture and all that, that is 100% the reason that I went there. The people and the culture is second to none. And we serve the businesses in Arizona, which is really nice. So it's, small to mid-market companies. And I love being able to bring solutions to those businesses, especially the ones that are smaller and getting started or, you know, those really comfortable businesses in that zero to $50 million in revenue. I know that seems like a large range in the insurance world. It's not that large. (laughs) Um, But being able to work with them and bring them solutions and help them grow and protect what they've worked so hard to build, right? So that's how I ended up here. I'm sure we'll talk about more of that later. That's exciting. <laughs> and and that rounds out the conversation, right? The, right. Do, all of it, right? Conscious capitalism, small business, doing right. good business, collaborating. <laughs> all Absolutely. Of, we touched on a ton of topics already. So I'm going to ask each of you some questions based on those. Um, but first, total, total random spinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your why. I've been doing a lot with conscious capitalism lately about higher purpose, you know, learning all their tenets. I'm new-ish to conscious capitalism. I was just, um, I don't know, even know the term, uh, appointed (laughs) to the recruited recruited and then appointed to the leadership team uh, of Conscious Capitalism Arizona and just, you know, dove right in. Uh, Their tenants spoke to me uh, as a small business owner, um, always growing up in a family business, you know, always knowing that I wanted to make sure that small businesses thrive, grow, you know, grow and thrive. And which is why I love what I do now. And um, so it attracted me immediately. So we've been working on why and your higher purpose. So if you, each of you could tell us, you know, you don't have to go (laughs) too crazy into it if you don't want to, but, but, you know, when you think about your why, or you think about your higher purpose with your company or, or personally, you know, what, why are we on this earth? Why are we doing what we're doing? Um, why are we attracted to others, you know, in the same, want to do business with people that are like-minded, right? It probably has to do with our values or our higher purpose or our why. So I'm loving these conversations I'm getting to have lately around that. Uh, so, so I'm just going to throw it at you. I know I didn't prep you. So, <laughs> so Kendra, you get to go first. Uh, either, you know, yeah. your why or your higher purpose for you personally or, or business. Tell us tell us what it is and, and why. Yeah, um, I, I guess I'll kind of go in the, the personal direction because it ties in with my work side, right? So I mentioned conscious capitalism and one of the tenets of conscious capitalism is culture. And that's that's why I took the job with Yellowbird because of their culture. 
Um, but I have a, another side project that I'm working on too that's based around culture. So so my why is really based around that particular tenant of conscious capitalism because I've been part of I've been part of both sides, right? I've been part of companies that have had a great company culture. I've been with ones that have not, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to call anyone out, but everybody, I feel like everyone's been in that same boat, right? We can all come around the topic and we can all go, yep, I've been part of one that had a good culture and yep, I've been part of one that had a bad culture. And for me, that conversation happens too much. It happens too often. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research with culture and, and not just here in the States, but in other countries. And it's crazy in Europe good culture is just a common thing. Like taking care of your people and and tying everything in together, still being able to take care of your stakeholders and your people and make profit. It's crazy because good culture is just part of what they do. And it's not really like that here. I think it's getting better, especially over the last year and a half. A lot of companies are like, oh, geez, like how do I really connect with my employees? So So my why really connects to all of that. It's how can I help connect, improve, and build these companies and these individuals to become something stronger and something better, especially because in a lot of cases, I feel like a lot of people, if you're the employee maybe down at the bottom of the totem pole, you don't feel like you have a voice and you can't change your company culture, but you can you can absolutely change and improve from all levels in a company. And so my why, it really goes in all of the three kind of buckets that I (laughs) work on nowadays. And it's really just trying to help people have that voice and have the tools to be able to improve. I, I just don't think it needs to be like the way it was back in the day where you had a crummy job because it put, you know, money in the bank and it put food on the table. You should be enjoying what you're doing, especially if you're doing that majority of your day. You're not with your family. You're you're doing your job. You're working at a company that you should feel part of and you should really like and enjoy. So that's kind of my <laughs> my big picture why with all of these buckets that I'm working on. So, so good. It's a no wonder we like each other. (laughs) It's funny, though, you talk about, um, you know, from that perspective of not being at a company, you know, of having both sides and that. I honestly have never had that. Only because well, I'm so glad. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, probably a, I'm probably a so unicorn. Glad. Yes. But mostly because I've been an entrepreneur 18 years. So yeah. I get to pick where I'm going to be. <laughs> nice. Right. But to be in, you know, in full honesty, probably the first business I owned, I probably didn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. I was in my early 20s. You know, like I didn't know what that meant, making a good culture for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned along the way that, that, I mean, to me, it was important, right? Yeah. My values were always there. I came from a family of entrepreneurs, also family business, you know? So, so the value, you know, so the why, right, is mm-hmm. the, is the keep building those small businesses. Come on, keep building. But I never thought of it like from the team perspective mm-hmm. until second or third business, you know? And I was like, oh, I guess we better, <laughs> you know, talk about internally, right? Yep. I mean, the, so it is, it's interesting to hear, you know, different people's perspectives, but you can, like you said, you could be anybody and and change a culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. And you're highlighting it and making it uh, a point to talk about it so that people feel accountable, 
you know, in, in business, whether you own the business or whether you're an employee, you feel kind of account, like if you're kind of part of Conscious Capitalism Arizona, you're part of your Culture Crush podcast or you're part of your community, it's kind of like, oops, she's, you know, she's going to talk about culture. I better be on my toes. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so, but it, it is, it's like, okay, what can we all do together to like bring those conversations to the table yep. so that it, it's, it's necessary so that eventually we'll end up maybe like Europe, maybe not, I'm not going to hold my breath, right? but you know, where we go, oh yeah, it's just common that everybody has a good culture in their, in their workplace. And it's in all those conversations, like you said, like I'm, I'm glad that you haven't been part of a company that had a crummy culture, but you probably worked with clients that you could tell that they didn't have a great culture. And then it makes it hard for you as, you know, somebody that they're going to for help with a specialty or like right now with marketing, right? You're helping these companies with their marketing. But if the company as a whole is not strong, well, there's only so much that you as their marketing person can help put a Band-Aid over, uh-huh. right? Exactly. And then I back away slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily, as a business owner, you can go, yeah, that was fun, but I, I don't really agree with what's happening. And so I'm going to just back away. Right. Or I purposely go after people that I want to work with because of their company culture, because of their why, because of the values that they stand for, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're right. It's not a, you know, it's, it may not be a commonplace and now hopefully we can make it more, you know, forefront for Mm -hmm. sure. Bob, on to you. It's your, you're in the hot seat now. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. You mentioned culture and, and what that brings into the conversation. And I was thinking about that as I was thinking about what am I going to say? I had written down so many things, but, but really I loved what you said and, and Kelly, you mentioned, you know, there's certain companies that you might back away from because there's some red flags here. Things are not in place. How am I going to be able to make a difference? My passion is really born out of two things, small business. Did I mention small business? <laughs> and no, I don't think you did. <laughs> also, peace and calm, peace and calm. And so what do those two have to do with one another? And for those three, peace, calm, business. But it's interesting. I grew up in the family business, but I was always the family peacemaker, always. And this is the case even in business. I would I would immediately sense where there was some of those issues going on that you might see when you're going into a business that isn't working out. And immediately, it's uncomfortable. There's noise here. What can I do? to make a difference. And a lot of times it came down to different perspectives. Maybe one person had this set of beliefs, this other person had this set of beliefs, but they overall were in agreement, but I needed to come to the table together. Culture kind of works as a set. It's a, it's a common set of beliefs within an organization and people kind of falling underneath, but you need to have some way to have trust and connection to bring that together. So what, my passion is, it's not necessarily be looking for companies that are ones that you want to keep away from. I mean, certain types of companies would be more apt to work with me and me to work with them. They'd have certain specific concrete needs like finance, human resources, business operations. But ultimately, when I'm in an organization, is there peace here? Is there tranquility? And a lot of times that comes through the systems, people, process systems, the culture. And I can build 
a trust with the owner, the ownership team, the management team, and maybe provide them with feedback that they may not hear because of the culture, because folks are maybe not willing or interested in or scared to say something mm, for yeah. fear of retribution. The, the ownership might be afraid, you know, how many, well, do I really want to hear it? Do I really want to hear it? So that's kind of like the added bonus that I, that, that, that drives me. And I bring in addition to the, uh, the, more concrete, tangible, small business, business operations, finance, accounting, uh, human resources that I can bring in. But the really, you ask why, the why is to bring some sense of order, tranquility, and peace and prosperity to a small business. I love that. We all need a little calm in our world, don't we? Amen. (laughs) Doesn't that tie in with the name of your company? (laughs) Well, thank you for... uh, I feel like this ties right. So Go right in. Go right into that. Why don't you just answer that question while we're at it? (laughs) I... First of all, I want to give a shout out to Kelly. She's been amazing. I've been working with Kelly uh, for now how long? A month? Two months? Three months? Working on a web page, working on a logo, and so forth. But prior to working with Kelly, I did work with with Mike Jones of Resound to kind of flush out some initial branding thoughts. And one of the things that that kept hitting me is I, I tranquility, calm, peace, prosperity, and I started googling that, googling it. And Mike was working with me, and then I came up to a word called Halcyon. Actually, Halcyon, Halcyon. What does Halcyon mean? peace, prosperity. And I started looking into it a little bit more and and found out that halcyon comes from a Latin derivative, alcyon. There is from Greek mythology. And I wrote down, it came from Ovid's Metamorphosis, which was a set of stories in Greek mythology. And and not to go into long detail, it it centered around two people that were in true love who went off the sea and the, the, the woman didn't want the man to go, was for fearful, but he came back basically lifeless and limp. And, and, and the father of the woman turned him into kingfishers and they flew off and they created this halcyon days by tranquiling the, the oceans because he died over the uh, rough oceans created ocean, uh, tranquility to what's now called Halcyon Days, which stands for a time of peace and prosperity. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> so that's where it came from. So there that's you go. Awesome. That's the yeah. name was born. And then we did the logo and the business cards and the <laughs> website. And he is ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I know. Well, you talked about culture and you talked about the why and, and doing business. It's one of my favorite things about working with clients is is they come from a maybe not so good, you know, corporate world and they get out on their own or they, you know, come from another business and they're like, I think I want to try this passion or I have this, you know, purpose that I want to do. <gasps> it's my favorite thing to, you know, to see that develop and and go, this is why you're doing what you're doing, right? This is your higher purpose. And what a cool thing it is to see that evolution of of getting to do that together. So I've had a lot of fun seeing that yeah, come to fruition. <laughs> it's been tremendous. I, uh, I I started thinking, well, I could do this webpage. 
How hard can that be? I'll, oh, I'll just hard. go get a GoDaddy account and, right. and just follow this. And, and nothing was happening. And what started off as a, an exercise to create a web page was a, a full process to really, really take it much farther beyond a web page into a discovery process. And Kelly really helped facilitate that and, and really help evolve things to where, wow, this is, this is what I want to do. An actual business. An actual business. <laughs> My so favorite, exciting. right? Grow, growing and uh, thriving new small businesses. Gotta love it. All right, Sarah, you're up. Tell All us right. your why, your higher purpose, one or the other, both. I absolutely love helping my clients solve problems, right? Nobody, well, I won't say nobody, but most people, when you say the word insurance, they, you know, kindly look away and get away from you as fast as possible, right? In their minds, we're all used car salespersons. We're all, you know, we're a necessary, we, we're just another expense and it's something that they all are really frustrated to have to deal with in the first place, right? And I love changing that experience for them and solving those problems and helping them understand that they really have more control and, you know, to, to see the benefit of it. And I will tell you, talking about culture, I have never worked for an organization like Bell in my life. They get culture to a T. Yes, you would so love them. So exciting. I know. She's like, I'm okay, like, when are we going to be on my show? Yes, I'm telling you, you need to reach out to Kyle Kennedy, president of Bell Bank here in Arizona. He is, he understands it. He gets it. And they rapidly, aggressively protect our culture. And above any skill set, you might be the greatest you know, insurance professional, banking professional, wealth professional on the planet. If you are not a cultural fit, it's not happening. And every day, it's funny, we, we are growing like crazy. So new hires will come in and the, the thing everybody tells them is it really and truly is this as good as you think it is. And it, it's not like the honeymoon phase, like you're going to six months from now, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, they weren't kidding. Like this is, this is really as awesome a place to work as they told me it was going to be. Um, but for me, I've worked for some of the largest organizations in the world, right? And, you know, they have inarguably strong cultures as well. And I think as you get that big, it's a little bit more difficult to hold on to that, I think. And as I've gotten older, as I've gotten older, and like you said, start to become more aware of what really matters to you and what's important to you, um, working for an organization that shared those same core beliefs was really important to me. And probably the biggest thing that drew me to, to Bell Bank was they have this pay it forward, right? Every employee is allocated a certain amount of money every single year that they can donate to whatever cause is important to them. I mean, it can be a nonprofit. It can be a neighbor in need. It can't be your immediate family, right? It's not like <laughs> here's some money for you to just line your pockets with, but you know, I have, I have co-workers who had neighbors with special needs children that couldn't afford to put in a wheelchair ramp. They can, here's a bunch of money for that, right? Um, other colleagues that have nonprofits or um, passions that they're, that are really important to them that we can also contribute to. So it's just to work for a company that believes so strongly in that, that they earmark millions of dollars to give to their employees to go out into their communities and do good is unreal. 
And their other tagline is happy employees, happy customers. And it is 100% true. They take great care of their employees. And it translates into this culture that, and I think even Bob will admit it, you can feel it when you walk in. What that means for us internally as employees, everybody goes above and beyond to help each other. And then that extends to our customers and clients. Like, I really can't, can think of almost nothing we wouldn't do to help our clients and customers. We're not just employees. We're not, you know, driven by hitting numbers, selling widgets, or doing anything like that. We're truly invested. Every single employee there is invested in helping our clients and serving them and getting them what they need. So nice to hear that a bigger business, right, gets that and can have that. And you can be aligned so perfectly, right? Oh, it's, it's really and truly it's magical. Like it is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I wake up excited to go to work. I can't wait to see my coworkers, right? I can't wait to get, you know, to go interact with our clients. And that's the other thing, too, Bobby, you were mentioning, too. It's not like you're looking for clients that you don't want to work with. But I think the, the clients that are drawn to that... Mm-hmm make work so pleasant, Mm -hmm. right? Especially, you know, in the insurance world, depending on the size of the company, there are are clients I have I talk to every single day, right? Which most people like to set it and forget it with their insurance. But there's things that happen in businesses every day. You have to have those conversations. And if that's that's where you're spending the bulk of your time, right? And you're interacting with, with these people on a daily basis, like you want that to be positive and something that fills your soul instead of just sucks the life out of you, right? <laughs> and I could truly honestly say for the first time that that is exactly the culture that they have at Bell. And it's just, I got to say it again, it's magical. So, so cool. I love that. I know. I'm like, oh, I love that. And I love when I hear companies that have cool, unique ways yeah. of taking care of the community and supporting the community. I mean, it ties back in with conscious capitalism with, you know, you're, you can do good with your business. And so they're doing that right. Millions of dollars just to help. I got goosebumps when you were talking about the 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 wheelchair ramp for the neighbor. I'm like, Oh geez. Like that's, that's how we do this. Exactly. Another colleague had, you know, because we can, you can create a pool, right? So you can donate some of what's allotted to each employee so we can all chip in and give a certain amount, right? Another uh, colleague of mine helped coordinate the employees and we were able to buy a van for um, a nonprofit that helps women and children escape abusive situations, right? Like, oh my gosh. I mean, all of the, the stories, seriously, like they make wow. you cry and they give me goosebumps every time. Like just to be able, like you said, to be yeah. able to be a part of that, mm-hmm. in addition to what your regular job is, is right? awesome. Oh my gosh. I, I'd like to, to kind of throw in a couple comments towards Sarah that, you know, there's a reason why you're here today. I, uh, <laughs> Kelly asked me, to bring a favorite, could be a client, could be a vendor. And I immediately thought of Sarah. Oh, thank you. And you can tell with her personality, she's she's probably a lot of fun to work with. And I got the opportunity to start working with her when I was with a d- different company. And she was with a different company. When she was with one of those large companies with a culture. <laughs> and Sarah was wonderful to work with, but she was... I could tell somewhat limited into what she could and could not do. In fact, at some point, the account was taken away from her Mm -hmm. and moved to a central team that could more efficiently work with smaller businesses. What is that all about? Yeah. So Sarah and I kept in touch over the years and I, in uh, my capacity at Max six and then Alcyon consulting Max six really needed to take a look at their, 
insurance. I needed a new broker. I was very frustrated with the broker that was currently working with Mag6. And I had started talking to Sarah right around the time she started with the company. I'll tell you, it was the same Sarah, but on steroids. <laughs> so excited. Culture steroids. And right. as we went way. through the process, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, the personality was great, but what she could do for us and the resources she had and the way that decisions could be made was just tremendous. And I did get the opportunity to go to her office. And one of the things that I noticed was on a big table, they had a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle. I guess people can take time off. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, where have I seen something like that? And if any of you that are in the listening audience have been to Max 6, there is a table with a big puzzle. And I think it says a lot about the culture because people stop what they're doing. It's not just about nose of the grindstone. Hey, I'm going to play around with the, I'm going to play around with the jigsaw puzzle. And it just really resonated with me. And I got a chance to meet, I guess, the the head of the operation there. Mm -hmm. And I was just really impressed. He was espousing everything that you were saying. So I'm so happy for for you, Sarah. Thank you. I know you've had other companies that while you're still able to do a good job, it was not an easy environment to do it in. Exactly. It's nice to be surrounded by, like, and what you felt goes beyond like everybody exudes that, right? That friendliness that go above and beyond for you. And it's so nice to be surrounded by people with those same set of core values, right? Definitely. It makes such a difference. And especially when you're working for somebody, right? Like on my side, like I just make that happen, right? right? right. I'm like, I'm going to be part of Max 6. I'm going to be a part of Local First. I'm going to be a part of Tempe Chamber, you know, Conscious Capitalism now because I can choose that, right? But mm-hmm. to be able to work for a company that that does that, like, oh my gosh, I, I always say I want to be a philanthropist when I grow up. So to right. hear that you like get to give away free money, I'm like, oh, can I can I have some of that to give away? <laughs> yeah, that, That's really nice to hear, right? I mean, Kendra, I know you, you've heard both sides, you know, on your podcast is like, there's some that are just not good. And, but to hear a local company, right? Mm-hmm. A bigger company. I mean, how big are you guys? We are, well, I guess from a banking perspective, because we are bank owned, I think we are hovering right around 10 million in assets now. And I think that's the measurement for banks. So a large, small bank, we're still privately owned. Um, I want to say we just got fifth place of best places to work this year. I think that just happened this week, right? It was the first year we applied and we got fifth place, which is great. And I think last year they got number two in the world for best places to work. There's some other. Wow. Yeah, I just heard that. Way so cool. the culture is very strong, headquartered in North Dakota. So we're in North Dakota, Minnesota, Arizona. We have mortgage folks all over the country and we're just growing by leaps and bounds. So and it's really nice to see, again, how protective they are of that culture mm-hmm. and to watch it unfold. And that piece stay so strong and just continue to really set us apart. It's very special. Oh, that's nice. All right. We're going to change gears a little bit here. So from each of your perspectives in, in business, um, I'd love to hear your, what what's the favorite, right? What's your favorite, like who should be attracted to conscious capitalism or what's your favorite, you know, member or sponsor or, you know, client or type of client? Like who, who do we get excited about that, that wants to be a part of conscious capitalism? Who do we, you you know, who do you get excited to work with as a client? So I'll start with you, Kendra. So with Conscious Capitalism, we've kind of gone through a little bit of a transition with who that 
that focus member is or who that focus sponsor is. Um, and even, you know, when Bob was on our leadership team too, there were a lot of consultants and coaches. They were kind of in their own little bucket. And then the small business owners. And then it, because we're in Phoenix, right, we're like one of the main places for small businesses. Um, and then so those were two of the main buckets that we focused on. And now we're kind of moving in a slightly different direction. We still focus on coaches, consultants, and individuals, but more on the side of providing support. When it really comes to members, it's it's almost, honestly, start companies like you guys, like with Bell. So mm-hmm. having the big company be part of it as a member, but then offering that membership to their employees. That's really shifting into kind of a, a focus lately to really try and kind of hit both sides, right? You've got the big company that you're focusing on for membership and even sponsorship, but then allowing that opportunity for the individuals to be able to take, you know, a lunch break and listen to a conscious business chat or listen to a speaker that we have either here locally or somewhere else or, you know, maybe a different chapter popping in to help and be a speaker as well. So kind of encompassing both pieces and really allowing everybody at every level to have that opportunity. With conscious capitalism, when I got involved, I was working for a company that it was very interesting. I realized that the company wasn't fitting with conscious capitalism, but I as an individual fit with conscious capitalism. And so it was kind of like, well, I want to be part of it, but maybe not my business. But we're kind of trying to focus on both of those sides, right? And since we've brought you in, Kelly, it's been awesome. So Kelly is the VP over the marketing team. And we had a gap there for a while. And side note, which I love this little collaborative (laughs) space here, Bob was the other one on the team that was like, hey, what about Kelly? And I was like, hey, I was just thinking that. And so it was like, he and I like kind of letting it simmer a little bit. And then it was like, okay, I'm reaching out. And now you're, you're in full, full bloom with all of this, which is really cool. Cause now you're the team that's actually helping us figure out, okay, well, how do we focus on big, but small at the same time? Um, yeah, meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Right. So whether it's a, a larger organization that wants to be a sponsor of conscious capitalism, Arizona, because they believe in higher purpose. Right. And the why and, you mm-hmm. know, and and having the stakeholders, you know, but making money because making That's money good. is good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we can use that money to pay it forward. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. so bigger businesses, small businesses, individuals, mm-hmm. or even students, right? Mm-hmm. Even anybody who wants to, to take the classes, take the courses, be a part of this movement mm-hmm. that we can have businesses a force for good. Why not? Right. You know, and that's the way it should be. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. how my brain thinks. But yeah, but I have come to the realization not ever, you know, being in in, uh, corporate America, but from clients stories that like, oh, not everybody thinks like that. Oh, wait a second. That's weird. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Because in the the world and the, the roles that I play, it's funny because I just think those things go together. People mm-hmm. and profit. You can do both. You can take care of your people and you can make money. And it's crazy because there's some people that are like, well, 
It's like, oh, no, it is a thing. I promise you could do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Okay, Bob, you're up. So who who is your favorite type of client to work for? with um or who do you think is somebody that's you know a type of company that's attracted sure, to your business sure that's a great question when you're first starting out and thinking about what you're going to do well i can just do this for anybody can't i no Kelly says, <laughs> you have to have a focus you, of course so given my background in did i mention small business <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, small business that's been, for the most part, established. Uh, I've got a. I do have a, a, a demographic, small business for five hundred thousand to five million dollars in revenue. That's a that's a range. S- closely held small, twenty or fewer employees. Without I wrote down solid inside guy. It could be a solid inside gal as well. I mean, the thing to think about is if it's if it's much bigger than that, they're probably going to have leadership that are holding positions such as CFO, controller, HR manager. If they're positions that are way smaller than that, they're just kind of they're too small to really get their hands around specific areas. They may not have a budget to bring somebody in to handle and they've got to handle it themselves. So. It's an organization that has those different components of internal business operations, but people managing them mostly on an administrative level. So, for instance, if something comes up that has to be handled at a higher level, say an insurance issue, a big insurance issue, and I, you know, I've got George who handles day to day, but he's really not able to deal with the insurance broker. So, guess who has to do that? So it's really for the business owner who finds themselves handling on a on a pretty regular basis business internal business issues and operations that is taking them away from doing what's really most important for them, which is growing their business. Absolutely, putting out the fires. Putting right? out, it's putting like, out oh, the fires. Fires. They don't have time for that. Quick example: When I went into the family business as a as as a full-time person, there were notices piling up from the IRS stating that payroll taxes have not been paid for a year. And they were basically warning that if this is not taken care of within the next month, uh, repercussions. And I asked my dad about this. Oh yeah, we've been getting those letters. I I don't know what to do with it. (laughs) They'll go away if we just leave it. Maybe somebody ought to take care of that. And so I I, I did take care of it and I started developing a relationship with the IRS. I actually got on a first name basis with somebody. I, I worked through the details of the issue, found out the source of the problem and resolved it. And as a result, Betty, who was the office manager, wasn't taken away. I threatened that that would happen from the IRS. And it, <laughs> it didn't happen. So those that's just an example. Those are things that there's nobody in the company that really takes care of it. Wouldn't it be nice to have somebody that really wants to handle those issues and can handle handle them expeditiously? That's so, so nice. great. That's why why we're good referral partners because I say I do everything except for the numbers. <laughs> do not ask me to do anything with numbers or IRS or audits or any of that. When we had the family business uh, medical practice, there was always stuff, right? Constant. We had 18 to 20 employees typically. And there would be something always, right? An audit or, you know, something from the insurance or the IRS. And like, 
who you know we'd all like the same with you said about right. insurance bro insurance when you say you're an insurance same thing when like something would come like that we're all we all turn our heads like mm mm right. don't put that on my plate That's I don't someone have, else's responsibility I don't have time for that and we would have loved to have somebody like Bob if I would have known you back then right and said hey let's just bring him in on a project basis like please come and do this so that we don't have to worry about it but you know it's going to get done because you're so detail oriented with all your notes <laughs> you know it <laughs> you know it's going to get done. I mean, it's nice to have that, right? It's nice to have that when you need it. It's the same thing with me. I say, I just meet people where, where they're at saying, you know, is like whenever you need me and then you, you know, call me in six months from now when you need me again, Mm -hmm. it's just nice to fill those holes or fill the gaps or take something off your plate Mm -hmm. just for, just for a slight breath. So you can take Mm -hmm. a deep breath and then you can, you know, go back to your day job or go back to growing and building your business. It's really, really nice. Good. Okay, Sarah, you're up. All right. For me, I really, it's so nice to be with an organization where we're not, I don't have any thresholds I have to adhere to. So at other organizations I've been with, we could only work on businesses of a certain size. And Arizona, I think, is unique. Um, and we have so many small businesses, right? And this is such a great place for that. Um, so to be able to serve those companies is really special to me. And when I say small to mid-sized businesses, zero to 250 million, right? Which I know, again, seems like a really broad swath. But as you mentioned, Bob, when they start to get larger, they have um, deeper needs. They have more people on staff to take care of a lot of things. So our wheelhouse is, again, that person you're going to have that closer relationship with. Um, You really develop that teamwork and I can take care of those problems that they don't want to have to deal with. So especially in the last year and a half, businesses have faced, some businesses have really exploded during this time and others have severely contracted. And, you know, I'm hearing story after story of things not being communicated to business owners. So for me, it's somebody that's either had seen their business blow up in the last year and a half in a good way or has experienced a lot of contraction and are just frustrated that they're not being communicated with. Like, let me help you with that, you know, and I I can take a look at your program and I can say, okay, here's what we would recommend. And let me alleviate some of your anxiety in this particular area and maybe reassure them that, you know, hey, you know, you can make some changes here, make some changes there. Again, drive more of that revenue to your bottom line so you can do what you need to do, which is grow your business, right? Have Bob do your numbers and <laughs> we'll make sure that everything you're working so hard to grow is protected. And especially with the big push to um, remote working and everybody being online and remote, we've seen a huge spike in cyber activity and particularly for small businesses without an on-staff IT person or the ability to have the safeguards and securities in place that larger companies do it's a huge exposure for them because one little you know phishing or social engineering oh. scam right and you accidentally send money somewhere it shouldn't that can shut down a small business so mm-hmm. you know being able to put some safeguards in place and say hey you know work with your financial institutions and your CFO and start putting some um, checks and balances in place. But then what happens when, because it's ultimately human error, what happens when those things fail? Mm -hmm. It's better to have access to someone else's money to help pay for that and keep you in business than to just kind of, you know, cross your fingers and hope it works out okay, right? So it's it's being able to solve those kinds of problems for small businesses. It really gets me excited. So 
So those cool. are the people I love. So cool. Well, can you believe it? We've been talking for almost an hour. It goes by so fast, <laughs> so fast. <laughs> All right. So last couple couple things. Um, an aha, an aha moment. I want to ask each of you either an aha moment in your business or a tool or a new resource, something that listeners, you know, typically uh, small business owners or, you know, business leaders could use. Maybe it's a book you just read. Maybe it's a a tool that you don't think that many people know about. Um, Obviously, (laughs) you know, tap into Conscious Capitalism Arizona, uh, you know, use Alcyon Consulting (laughs) for your business operations, right? I mean, Obviously, we are here as a resource to uh, businesses, but is but uh, last minute thoughts on, you know, something that you're like, oh, my gosh, I just realized, you know, dot, dot, dot. And you think other people should know about anybody can go first because I know everybody has kind of looks on their face like (laughs) I don't know which one to pick. I know Um, I'll go. I'll go first only because I I. I'm always listening to audiobooks. I'm always reading things, always figuring out, um, you know, how to reach people, how to connect with people. And especially I have so many different buckets, right? Different hats that I wear right now to try and help the community. And so recently I have been doing a lot of video messaging instead of, and I'm on a sales development team, right? So I'm used to people ghosting me and not wanting to respond when I'm I hear you. on that side, right? On that side, I'm like, just tell me you don't want me to call you again. Right. Um, and I'll stop. But uh, I've been doing a lot of video messaging and especially on LinkedIn, super easy. You just record a video and then you stick it in a message. I get probably 80 to 95, almost 100% with people responding, even if it's, hey, I don't have a need for this right now. When it's culture stuff or conscious capitalism, that's always really fun because it's something people can connect with a little bit. But that's been my biggest thing lately is just find people where they are. People are busy. They don't have time to read through a big email or whatever. So I just send a lot of video messages now. And it's just me going, hey, it's Kendra. And you know, here's what I want to talk about. And people watch them. I don't know how or why, but it works. That's so, so nice. That's, yeah. A face with a name. I mean, that makes right? a huge difference. Yeah. And then it's not just a voice on the phone, leaving a voicemail or email 10,000 times. It's, hey, that's the girl that keeps calling me. It's, right? more, <laughs> it's more personal. And we're so all craving this human interaction yes. right now that you're like, mm-hmm. she's talking to me with right. her face. Right. She said my <laughs> name in this video. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. That's good my tip. tip. All right. You're up, Bob. Well, the other day I was looking at my my Apple Watch, which 83% of you probably all have one. And I have a sleep app on it. It's an auto sleep. And I use it to basically track how much time I sleep each day. But the app is really much more to it. Talks about quality sleep and so forth. And I got into it because I, I didn't get as much sleep the night before that I that I thought. And it and it led me to an app, another app called Breathe, which is connected to a lot of the different apps that are available on the Apple Watch. And it, and it offered, you know, 10 second breathing exercise. And I got to thinking because I I dabbled a little bit in meditation. There's a lot of great apps out there. But 
it really reconnected me to the whole concept of taking a taking a a, a time out and breathing and meditating. You can there's lots of headspace. There's a lots of great apps out there that I that I highly recommend because it's easy. Again, peace, tranquility, and so forth. I don't want to make it sound like like uh, you know foo foo, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it may be a little bit uh, anti what you would think, but taking the time out, get getting kind of more in, in sync with what's going on, do a little meditation, take a few minutes of your day, and it's really refreshing, and it really leads to much more productivity. Mm-hmm. Amen. I've been yep. meditating a lot for the last, yep. I started in January, and my golf game's improved, but I find even at work, instead of being so reactive, you're much more, you can respond from a much calmer, more rational place. So I think that's really exciting. And even though you are the one talking about peace and tranquility, you are definitely still the numbers guy because did you hear he said 83%, (laughs) right? But when I gave my, I said 80, 90, practically 100. (laughs) I wouldn't even have used numbers. So you're at least ahead of me. 83%. It's probably right. Sarah, what about you? Any uh, tool tip or aha moment in your business? I will say, and only because the last few weeks have been very focused on this in the office is for, especially for small businesses, take a look at your insurance programs. Make sure you have some sort of cyber coverage in there, cyber liability coverage. It's it's such an issue. And, you know, you all have these businesses you're so passionate about and you're investing so much time and energy in. And it would just, it it's a vulnerability. So take a look, have, have your agent review it, explain to you what you have or don't have, and just ask for a quote. It's very cost-effective anymore, but that's a, a major issue. We've seen really an, a huge uptick in the last year and a half, especially for small businesses. We have never even have thought of that. I oh would, my eh? gosh. That's right? great. Great advice, all of you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Last uh, call for name and how to get a hold of you. Kendra, you're up. Yeah. So an easy way is LinkedIn. Uh, Kendra Maples. So Kendra with an I. Maples like the tree. So super easy. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there. But if you need an email, <laughs> I'll give you my conscious capitalism one. It's K and then my last name, Maples, at ccarizona.org. Thank you. Thank you. Bob, what about you? Well, hey, I've got a great new website. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, Alcyon Consulting, A-L-C-Y-O-N, consulting.com. And has all kinds of information in there, as well as my contact information, uh, email address is Bob, B-O-B, at alcyonconsulting.com. Thank you so much. And you're on LinkedIn, and we're going to work on that next. <laughs> Love it. Sarah, what about you? All right. Sarah Kelly with Bell Insurance. I office out of the Bell Bank location on Camelback, right next to Hillstone. Um, you're welcome to come in and check out our office. We just finished remodeling. It's beautiful. Um, and if you're looking to contact me, you can reach me also on LinkedIn. And that is Sarah, S-A-R-A, no H, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And my email is skelly at bell.insurance. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for listening to Conscious Conscious Capitalism. There we go. We got you. There we go. You're you're ready. You're in the flow. You've been listening to Collaborative Connections radio show and podcast sponsored by KLM Consulting. Get the things you love to do by outsourcing everything to KLM. 
Tune in the third Thursday of every month at 1 p.m. Until next time, happy connecting. 